So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog posts check out sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 39 of the SFP podcast. My name is Ben Hartley with Stallion Story Creative and Six Figure Photography. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. I'm, I'm just really, I'm, honestly, you guys, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for our listeners, uh, for the people who who email in, who message me on Facebook, Instagram. Like I, I read every email. I respond to every message I get, and I just want you guys to know I'm grateful for you. The entire purpose of the SFP podcast uh, is is to help you grow your photography business. We do this in a couple ways. Uh, I, I believe growth happens uh, from two perspectives. Number one is that you understand your own self-worth. And number two, that you provide value to every single person that you encounter. Your salary, your income, it's directly tied to how well you serve your client base. And that's what we're going to be talking a little bit about today uh, with James Mayer. James Mayer is a creative freelance marketer. Uh, he is a fine art photographer. He's a portrait photographer and he's written three different books. And today we're just going to be talking about um, a number of things that he's actually written about. He's, he's out in New York. And so we discussed the incredibly competitive market that he's in. Uh, is good work good enough, right? We talk about active marketing versus passive marketing and the ways that he's used those and the timing of when to use those, the myth of social media, uh, as well as the, one of the most interesting things that we discuss is when to lower your rates, when you should lower your fees. And so uh, without further ado, let's jump in. Let's talk to James Mayer. James, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast, man. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm great. I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So where, where are you calling from? Where, where are we talking at? Uh, so I'm New York City, uh, right in the Lower East Side, East Village neighborhood. Uh, nice. born, yeah, born and raised New Yorker. That was going to be my next question. How long have you been there? Born and raised. Do you like it? I feel like uh, I'm not sure if I would enjoy New York. I don't know. Maybe I'd thrive there. Maybe not. How do you feel? You know, it's a really interesting place. So I'm super, I don't think I could survive anywhere else. You know, I don't think I could survive without a bodega that's 24 seven across the street. <laughs> I'm a ho- horrible driver. Um, so, you know, certain skill skills I'd have to learn to live anywhere else. Uh, it's simultaneously an amazing place to live cause there's so much going on. 
Uh, but at the same time, it's, it can be exhausting. It's very competitive in certain ways. So, you know, all my friends, family here, so I'm not going anywhere, but, uh, it has its ups and downs. Definitely. Absolutely. So we're going to be jumping in talking about, uh, some creative freelance marketing tips. You've, you've written some publications on this. I want to jump into that, but before we even get there, can I just, can I pick your brain for a second? Like you're in New York, you just Uh mentioned the competition. I mean, is it as crazy as I picture it in my own mind? Like is, (laughs) is the competition, um, I mean, how, how have you made it? You know, it can be, um, in certain areas, it's definitely very competitive. So I, you know, like, before I even like went out on my own for a couple of years, I assisted for a commercial photographer and kind of like high end commercial and fashion and stuff. And that was insanely competitive. Like the photographer that I worked for mostly at that time, he would, you know, plan a vacation with his family and then at the last minute get a job with his most regular client that he couldn't turn down because he didn't want another photographer to start working with them. Mm-hmm. And so he, you know, cut his two week vacation short to about two days And so, you know, in certain areas, it can be incredibly competitive, but uh, I kind of, when I went out on my own, I went more smaller scale, more independent. And, you know, there are actually, I feel like more opportunities here. Um, So it's, it's a mixture. It can be more competitive, but I've actually find that there's a ton of opportunities and there's a million people that need work, need portraits, need all types of stuff. Um, So I think it's one of those things where like, if you actually learn how to market yourself in the right way the sky's the limit. Uh, but it, it can be overwhelming sometimes as well. Yeah, totally. Dude. So can you maybe explain a little bit about in terms of, uh, what, what you're up to? You said you've gone a little bit more small scale freelance. Yeah. What kind of work are you producing? So it, you know, I, I kind of progressed. I started at the very beginning with just portraiture for the most part. Um, and a little bit of fine art as well. Um, and now I, you know, I've expanded over the time. So about a, a third of my business is print sales, fine art sales. I work with a lot of like art buyers and tier designers, you know, I have a large mailing list of people, um, and people find me on the internet as well. So I kind of, you know, license my images to buildings and people and things like that. Nice. Um, a third is a third, a little bit more actually is portraiture. So that's what I started with at the beginning. And I work with a lot of companies, um, a lot of people, you know, artists, creatives. Um, but I do like a lot of like going into law firms and businesses and doing their corporate portraiture, nice, uh, whether it's go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Yeah. Whether it's with a backdrop or like office portraits and things like that. Okay. Nice. So headshots and not, 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 mm-hmm. not really like family portraits. Is, is that correct? Yeah. Or is that, is that still you part know, of it? I, it's still, it's still, I, I do less of those, but I definitely do those. Um, you know, I do kind of, uh, the fi- the final part of my business is like a lot of writing teaching and I do a lot of, uh, workshops for photographers mm-hmm. and within then I'll do like, you know, it's, it's frequent enough, but not as frequent as the other stuff I'll do. Like I'll take people around the city, show them the sites and you do portraits within the city as well. Nice. So like yeah. a New York photo walk, like it, you're kind of the guide of. Exactly. Yeah. And it can be sometimes people are getting engaged and I'll do that and kind of combine that with an engagement at the very end. We'll, you know, the guy will surprise the, uh, his girlfriend. Um, and then sometimes families as well. Yeah. So it's, it, that, that part is a lot of fun. I really enjoy that. That's awesome. What do you enjoy the most? I mean, it's, it's kind of fun. I mean, mm-hmm. I love diversifying our income. I mean, even, sure. even with style and story. So, you know, wedding photography here and then just the education side of things of getting to, to present and yep. teach with a podcast. We've got a photo booth biz on the side. <laughs> um, I mean, what else doing some commercial video production? It, it's kind of fun to diversify what you're up to. So let me ask you out of those things, mm-hmm. you know, what it, do you kind of thrive on the most? It, you know, I'll tell you, it, it, it's not, um, I really love, uh, the history and teaching about photography in the city. So I I love the teaching aspect a lot. 
Um, but I, you know, I really like the portraiture too. If I'm working with someone who happens to be really interesting, um, you know, there are a lot of really interesting New Yorkers with kind of crazy stories. So it's cool to like hop into someone's life for a little bit and kind of get to learn about them. Um, so it, it really, it's a mix, it's a mixture. I, I, I enjoy it all, uh, but I really enjoy when I get to work with amazing people. So that could be in a workshop or it could be in a portrait. Yeah, amen to that. That's awesome. Yeah. So you've gotten a chance and you've interviewed a number of of creatives, not necessarily solely photographers, but, mm-hmm. but creative freelancers, uh, picking their brain on marketing advice, tips. A lot of this stuff is the is the it's the tools that you've used to survive uh, in New York and that you're teaching others. I got a chance to kind of uh, to skim through and, and really just look at some of the subjects, some of the the titles in the book. I wanted to, to ask about those and just kind of have a conversation about it, uh, the ones that kind of piqued my interest the most. And so one of the very early chapters in your book uh, was on the myth of the starving artist. Mm-hmm. And so just to give you a little context here, James, I was an oil painting major uh, in oh, school. Cool. And yeah. so I'm, I'm very aware of the whole starving artist <laughs> mentality. And it's something that I have always rejected. And mm-hmm. I rarely hear about uh, people sharing that same belief. And so I got really excited. So dude, I, I want to hear in your own words, can you talk about the myth of the starving artist? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's, uh, almost a pervasive thing in our society. It's not just how artists feel about themselves, but it's how other people feel about artists sometimes as well. So that, you know, and that kind of can make you devalue yourself from the very beginning. Uh, and it's, you know, I, I, as artists and creatives, we, we need to think of our, our work as very valuable because it is, you know, in, in, many ways, every, everything we do is, you know, very important for society. And so I want people to be confident about, you know, the fact that they, you know, they are offering a, a service. Um, and it's actually, so real mm-hmm. quick, you, you yeah. had mentioned too, that it's not just the way that we view our work, but the way that others view mm-hmm. us as artists. Can you kind of unpack that a little bit more in terms of the perception of, mm-hmm. of artists from kind of the outward community? For sure. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, it's not everyone. Some people think great things about artists, but, you know, a lot of people think for photography, it's like, oh, this is your passion. Oh, this is, you know, like, this is, you know, what you would do anyway if you didn't get paid. It's like, cute. Um, it's like, oh, Ben's a photographer. How cute. It, it, like, he went to school for art. That's like, it, I hope it, someday he wakes up. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it, and it's, that's one of the most maddening things. Uh, and it, it's, you know, and it's, it's not true. It's, I mean, it's, you know, how can you survive if you don't make a living? And it's, um, you know, I mean, everyone loves art and loves great, you know, not it, life wouldn't really be worth living without any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, you know, important to kind of educate people. Um, you know, I do get, I'm sure everyone get, you know, gets those emails where it's like people don't have, you know, and they, they seem to be trying to undercut you or negotiate or, you know, and I always educate them. It's, it's, I never take that as an insult, you know, because I, I, it happens somewhat frequently. And I always take it as a, you know, I, I write an email just saying the service I provide the time and effort, and I give them a little education about why it is, why the things that I offer are valued the way that they are. Yeah, it's actually something that I think there's a little bit of an industry misconception, especially as we're talking, like I'm from the the wedding industry, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there's a lot of conversation in the wedding world that's that's talking about how do you avoid the budget bride? How do you avoid the bride For that's sure. price shopping? But let's just, I mean, 
pull back all the layers here and recognize the fact that just because you get that email that says, I'd like to know prices and packages, please, or how much do you cost? It doesn't necessarily mean they're price shopping. It doesn't necessarily mean they're a budget bride. <laughs> it just happens to be that they're, they've never been a bride before. This is the first yeah. time entering the market and they don't know what questions to ask you. And they're like, well, I guess the most logical question to ask is how much they cost. And so I think I, it's really valuable for photographers to understand that and pump the brakes a little bit and get off the high horse of how dare they inquire about my prices, this price shopping bride, um, and recognize this might just be an opportunity to serve. It might be an opportunity to educate, uh, you know, your client. I love that, that attitude, James. Yeah, it's completely true. I mean, most most people uh, who you're working with are a significant percentage have never worked with photographers, have never, mm-hmm. you know, done this before. And so it's just, it's it's a normal question. Um, and so, yeah, it's, 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 you have to answer those questions in the, in the right way, definitely. And kind of, once you, once you attack it in the right way, you can really get them to understand how valuable your product is. You know, the time that it, you, that you take going into it, that, you know, wedding photography is not just the, you know, eight hours that you're there. It's the immense amount of time that it takes to edit the photos, you know, it's all the planning, preparation, time to make sure everything goes right. It's the decade, you know, years of experience. It's, it's, there's so much that goes into it. And it's a lot of people don't rec, don't really think about that. It's not that they don't like understand it, but it's just not something that they know about right away. So it's, it's important that they know that. Sure. And it's you, it's like, you're, you're the piece of the puzzle that differentiates yourself from everybody else. It's like, it's your context, it's your stories, it's your life that you've lived in the way that it relates uh, and fits together with the individual that you're photographing. Uh, Mm -hmm. You can't separate that. Dude, I love it. So I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on, I've got this other kind of um, experience that I've had, especially from the fine art world, which it sounds like you're, you're in Mm -hmm. in regards to photography. um, That... Uh, man, how do I, how do I phrase <laughs> this? Um, that the, the more something costs, the more money you make on something as an artist, the less valuable or, or meaningful it is, or, or maybe let me flip that. Like, mm. uh, the, 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 <laughs> the lower the amount of money that you make, the more meaning, uh, <laughs> the art has right to yourself and to others. Have you, have you kind of come across that? You, you mean like if you're, if you're kind of, if you're if you're doing it more for the intrinsic value than the the art means more yeah it's that, like mm-hmm. like to make i felt like in art school it was like uh-huh. to make money on mm-hmm. on your paintings <laughs> or something was almost kind of like you sold out and oh, the people, for sure. yeah. the people who were starving the people yep. who were out there uh-huh. just doing it for the love of it somehow that their work had more value oh, yeah, and yeah. more meaning and i uh, and so it, does that help to make sense what i oh yes no that totally makes sense and it's a, i mean it's a self-defeating kind of way of thinking i mean you know there is something to be said for uh, you know, for some people who want to do this, you know, really creative stuff, m- you know, maybe getting a, a day job that pays all your bills is a way to way to go, you know, and then spending all your free time doing it. But, you know, it's often that kind of having a full time day job that has nothing to do with uh, what you what your passion is will take away a lot of time from becoming really good at it. And, you know, it's th- how can you spend the time to um you know, become amazing at what you do if you're not compensated for it. If you, you know, it's, uh, there's nothing romantic about, um, you know, eating ramen noodles three times a day, (laughs) you know, for your art. It's, uh, you know, our artists should be allowed to, you know, have a family, you know, have children pay for, you know, things like that. It's, 
Um, and it's, yeah, so it's, I mean, I think it's, there, there's, for some reason, there's some sort of romantic idea about it that people have that artists should be a little bit, maybe, maybe, maybe even goes further that artists should be a little crazy and a little weird and, and you know, antisocial. And it's, I mean, it's really not true. Uh, you know, it's some of the most famous artists were, you know, you look at Andy Warhol, he was a genius at, you know, promoting himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, actually a, a lot of the meaning and behind his art had to do with the promotion itself. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, I, I, I think that's just some kind of a self-defeating thing and it's, you, you, I, you sh- nobody should apologize for, um, for marketing them- themselves, for putting themselves out there, for pricing their work, you know, depending on how much time and how much experience they have. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I don't think anyone should feel bad. And, and really, I think everyone should actually, if you're in these creative things, I think you really have to think about it as a business at the same time. Um, because ultimately the better that you are at the business end, um, will help you become a better artist as well. Yep. And you said the word there was, that's what I was looking for. Romantic. It's the romanticized idea. <laughs> so, okay. So, um, yes, we're artists. Yes, we're creatives. Yes, we should get paid for our work, but we need to be considering this a, a business if mm-hmm. we're going to make it uh, sustainable, right? If we're, we're going to yeah. be able to, to pay the bills. And so mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about um, how how the quality of your work isn't mm-hmm. enough. Like excellent photography, it's it's just not enough. What yep. what else do you need? A lot of people have excellent photography. <laughs> you know, it's uh, there there are a lot of great photographers out there. Um, it's you need first of all, there's a couple things. So you need uh, like a story behind yourself. You know, people need to see your passion for your subjects and what you like to photograph or what you like to do. When you go to any artist's website or um, it's really important to kind of get a sense of who they are um, and how they feel about their work. And I think that's really important. I think stories and all that stuff help sell the work. Um, but at the same time, it's even before you get that far, people are being bombarded with, you know, all this imagery and all this, you know, from advertisements and from everything. So you need a plan to get in front of them get their attention and get in front of them multiple times because a lot of people even on the first look or first glance are going to just look and move on. And so it's, you know, you you need to create this plan where you figure out how over and over I'm going to get in front of people, whether it's, you know, it could be through the internet, through different ways on the internet, but also like local marketing, you know, really becoming known within your community, uh, meeting people that you need to meet. Uh, so it's, it, it's, I mean, there's a lot of different layers to that, but it really is about creating kind of a plan so that people notice you. Yeah. I think so many photographers who are listening right now can relate that like their work is, their work is good. And they've got this belief that it's like, man, like if, if only people could recognize it, like if only, if only it was in front <laughs> yeah. of people, if only would see it, if only I could get this work out in front of people, mm-hmm. then I could get booked. Then I could actually attract the leads. It's just, I got the good work. It's just no one seeing it. I, w- I want to come back to all that stuff. I want to get into sure. some of the marketing aspect, but I want to rewind to what you talked about in regards to stories and storytelling mm-hmm. and how you communicate, uh, kind of your meaningful difference and connect to your, your audience, mm-hmm. because, um, this has been something that, uh, it's 100% true, James. Um, mm-hmm. It's so important, not just for your business, but even if you just want to become an interesting person, uh, co- to, be, <laughs> to be one who tells stories. And so there's been some exercises that I've been working on just uh, essentially trying to create a, a library, a catalog of stories that mm-hmm. that 
I can recall and 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 bring up at times. And maybe these are stories that are about the importance of print or or how photography has has connected me more with my wife or my daughter. Maybe it's those type of stories. Maybe it's stories about um, growing up and how it's connected to selling. And so something that I've been trying to figure out is uh, finding prompts from mm-hmm. my from growing up because there's, there's so many stories that like I, I don't quite remember until someone begins to s- suggest something so i just recently went out and i bought a book called um i think it's called like my life history or something like that up until now and it's just like a journal essentially that gives you these prompts all the That's way great. back from like the, your earliest memories, like what you know, what's one of the earliest friendships, and and what were some of the things you enjoyed doing together? Like uh, when you got into middle school, what's the biggest fight that you had? Just like these little stories that begin to, um, when you write them out, it begins to connect you to your past, and those stories then you get to use and implement surprisingly in your in your conversations, in your booking meetings, in your consultations, on your website. Uh, and so I want to encourage people to start to create that library of, of stories. This is the thing that you get to do that no one else does. Um, do you, any other thoughts on those? It, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, that's probably the most vital aspect of selling yourself. Uh, it's what makes people like you, uh, not necessarily like, like, but like just make people like, like what you do. If you walk into galleries and you, you see the, the, the people who are there who are selling who are really good, they always have a way of connecting the person to a story about maybe the artist or about the meaning of the work. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, it's just, it, it opens up the world of, of, of what the work means. Um, like for me, you know, I am really big on New York history. I find this to be a fascinating place. So, you know, I do certain things, uh, a couple, a couple things. One is, um, uh, with a local blog, I do a whole documentary project on longtime New Yorkers in the neighborhood that I've lived in, which is a really, it, it was a really dangerous and weird neighborhood for a long time. And so there's these incredible stories. Um, and I do a lot of like, you know, history about the city. And so like on my blog, I'll do a lot of articles and writing about, you know, different places in New York, uh, stories of people, um, or like stories about, different, uh, you know, photographers in New York, different things like that. And so, you know, even though those things aren't necessarily directed onto my prints or things like that, or my services, it's that storytelling and that passion that, uh, gets people to kind of remember me and kind of keep coming back and joining my, joining my mailing list. And and it kind of opens them up to what I do, uh, for when they need one of my services. Yeah, absolutely. And, And for the photographers who like to blog, I mean, it's, it's people, people want to see your journey. They want to come alongside you and see what you're going through and experiencing. Um, so I, man, I'm totally on board. All right. So you mentioned marketing, you were talking about storytelling, you were talking about marketing, getting your work seen. You kind of address, uh, active marketing versus passive marketing. I wanted to see if we could define those terms and kind of give some examples of, of variations and maybe unpack that further. Active and passive. It's a very, uh, important thing to think about because passive marketing is the stuff that you do, to lay a groundwork for a long-term growth that, that where jobs will come to you, you know, things like internet marketing, whereas that stuff takes time. So especially for younger creatives, younger photographers, um, you ha- I think like the really important thing is just to make sure that you're around two years later. Um, you know, it's the longer you, the longer you go, the more chance you have to kind of expand the ways you make money and the, your business. But if you don't find that income stream and those clients, quickly, it, it, it's going to be tough early on. Uh, and so active marketing is a way of 
reaching out to people directly who need your services. So, you know, for me with like print sales, you know, there are people like uh, art buyers and interior designers who, you know, I've, I have made long lists of and researched and contacted them all. And, um, you know, that's kind of active marketing saying, here's, here's what I offer, you know, next time you need it, you know, here I am. Um, you know, if you work with businesses, it's, you know, going, actually into the business. Um, there's a, an interview with an artist, uh, named Nicolina Johnson in, in the book who is a painter and she survived and, and made this thriving business based on literally, uh, going into pretty much every business on the Lower East Side in East Village and offering to paint their businesses. Um, and it, it, it just, it, you know, it was hard at first and then it just started to explode. And now you walk down the street and you see these gorgeous businesses on the outside painted and it helps their business and it really spreads like wildfire. And, and so, you know, it could be, you know, going to trade shows or, you know, it, it, if you live in a small town or small area, you know, going to those events where a lot of people are at and really trying to actively meet people, you don't necessarily have to directly promote yourself in those things, but it's, you know, it's kind of the act of going out of your way to meet the people that you would ultimately end up working with. Um, so that's the, that's the active part. Yeah. It's the hustle. It's the grind. Exactly. It's, it's, it's <laughs> the people that really want it. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. I get a lot of emails from photographers who are like, I struggle to get clients. And I wonder sometimes if they really want it, there's so many ways to get clients to go out and to, to take them, right? For sure. They go and like, like you said, she went door to door and like, like offered to paint uh, the businesses. But let's rewind though yeah. to passive for a second because that's like, um, I mean, that's like word of mouth, right? It's it's the long play. Apart from word of mouth, is that is that true? Is that what you'd you'd categorize in the passive category? Yeah, I mean, passive, passive definitely would be like people recommending you and that that over time kind of stuff like that. Um, but passive is also things like internet marketing, you know, kind of building yourself up on Google. Uh, so you're it's, talking SEO or what? Yeah, SEO could be one of them. Um, it's building a mailing list of people um, over time. It's yeah, it's it's all, all things, you know, perhaps creating some. Uh, sort of products that will come back to you in the long term. You know, I, I kind of think of all those as more long term goals that will, you know, a after it takes a while to finish them, you're not going to make any money while you're doing them. But uh, over time, it will start bringing people to you. Um, you know, one of the, like one of the products I created was uh, um, a New York photographer's travel guide, mm -hmm. um, which now I you know, I promote it through different websites, uh, around the city. I do Google ads, you know, to, I give it away for free to people who are traveling to New York or interested in, uh, you know, photography workshops. And so I think of all that as kind of the long-term passive stuff, because once that's created and in place, uh, then it just kind of grows over time. Sure. So for the photographer who's listening right now and they're in, they're in year one, they're yeah. in, they're in six months. They're in month one, right? <laughs> For sure. They just got their camera in the mail. They're stoked about mm -hmm. it. What's the order of operations? Where should their time and energy mm -hmm. be dedicated during that first year of, of, of getting the foundation laid? Yeah, that, that's a, that's a fantastic question. And like, people are always like, Oh, I, I hear like the, the first thing they say is like social media. And it's like, no, social media is like, you know, that, that should be a part of it. But, uh, it, it you really want to get very focused. And I think you want to create a, like, you know, for anyone who says like, I don't know how to get clients, it's, you need to sit down and create a plan and, and alter it over time. Like a, just a marketing plan. Um, you know, you have to have that thing open all the time and you have to create a, a way that you're going to do a certain amount of work each and every day. Cause it's the work that you do when you don't have jobs 
that is the most important for the rest. Like, you know, for me in February, February, no matter what, no matter how busy I get, February, every New Yorker is depressed, you know, <laughs> and doesn't want to do anything. So it's always a slow time. And but that is the time where I'm at my most anxious because I know it's going to as soon as it warms up, it's going to quickly change. And I know I have a certain amount of stuff to do in in February. Um, and so I, I would say you want to stick with the active marketing and you want to just make as many relationships as possible. And part of it too, especially in year one, is that you really need to get the work under your belt. You know, you, you need to get your work to be good, you know. So if you're a wedding photographer, you know, really doing a really good job assisting for other photographers and kind of building your portfolio that way it could be really important. Um, you know, if you're a portrait photographer, just going out there with people you know and building your portfolio like is incredibly important. Um, but then I, I would strictly find the places that you find the people that you want to work with and try to do this active marketing thing around your local community. Try to get everyone to know who you are. Um, you know, the grind basically, as you're saying, uh, I think yeah. that is the most important part, especially at the beginning. So let's get real practical here for a second. Cause you said <laughs> one of the most important things is to, to create an actual, I forget the exact terminology you use, but a, a marketing, uh, plan. Mm. What did you call it? Yeah. A, a business plan, marketing plan. Definitely. Marketing plan. Okay, cool. So let's get super practical. Wh mm. What does that look like? I mean, like <laughs> to tell, for me to just tell mm. the photography community right now, like, sure. yeah, you should be, you should make a marketing plan. It's so, yeah. it's a little vague. What no, does you're right. that look yeah. like? So, I mean, it, first of all, like the first thing is, you know, how, like what services do you want to offer to make money? You know, what is the, you know, I mean, like, portraiture and wedding photography are great ways to like great ways to make a good living. Uh, you know, it takes a lot of work, but those, everyone needs portraits. Everyone needs wedding photography. Um, you know, engagement photography, things like that. Um, you know, really, you know, check off a list of a few at first, don't go too broad. Um, so you want to think first, think about that. Then you want to, you know, think about how much money you need to make. Um, and you want to kind of figure out how much money you need to make per job, to survive and that, mm -hmm. you know, kind of ha pay all your bills to, you know, pay your business expenses, all that stuff. So you, cause you need that number to, that number is going to like guide you, especially when people at the very beginning, when you're first starting to work, everyone's not everyone, but a lot of people are going to try to, uh, you know, lowball you or, you know, you'll be nervous about your own skills. So you'll be willing to give people deals. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that number, that survival number is vital, uh, to not do that and, and to actually survive. Um, so once you figure out, you know, exactly the ways that you're going to try to make an income with photography, then you have to figure out who are the people that you want to work with and, and where are they going to be looking for your service? Mm -hmm. Um, so if it's businesses that you want to work with, you know, go to places where businesses go, you know, uh, I mean, there are different trade shows, things like that, that you can go to, um, you can, you know, create plans to just meet them all, talk to them. Um, you know, maybe, and actually I completely forgot about this. This is really important. Part of a really important thing is your, uh, your own personal network. So, you know, I would, the people that you know, and the people that you know, who they know, um, that kind of first level of connection, um, is very important for starting out because they trust you, uh, and they're willing to give you a, a shot. Um, so I would say if at the very beginning to create a mailing list, create your website, you know, get all your stuff in place and to send an official announcement to all the people that you know about your, what you, what you're offering, how you, and, you know, frame it, not just what you're offering, but frame it, how you can help people. You know, if you're, uh, if you're doing portrait photography, 
every single person needs some sort of portrait photography, whether it's family photography, whether it's for their business, whether it's engagements, um, you know, and so in that kind of announcement, uh, you know, you frame how you can help everyone out. Um, and so that's a really great way to start, you know, getting a, a initial push and then start making different connections and ask people if they, you know, if they know someone who, uh, might be a good person to connect you with to, to make that connection. You know, if they work for a business that needs portraits to introduce you, um, that's all really, I mean, it is part of the grind, but it, it's, that should all be stuff that you write down in a plan. I like, I live with lists. I have a list of about a billion things that I want to do. Um, and so, you know, it should be connecting with business owners, connecting with, you know, all these different people. And then there's also different, you know, there should be a research aspect to it as well. If you're going into being a wedding photographer from scratch, obviously you probably want to assist for other photographers and things, but you want to do research about the, your competition, you know, and, and you shouldn't think about them as competition. You should think about them as, you know, people who, you know, you should be friends with and can help you out and stuff like that. But, um, doing research, like looking at their work, what you like, what you don't like, what they're offering, what their pricing is, uh, you know, where they, if they, if there's anywhere that they seem to market themselves on, like, you know, maybe you can do that as well. I think research is really, really important. Um, and so, you know, it should be kind of a master list that includes all of these elements. Um, and like anything, whatever you plan right away isn't going to work out how you thought it was. And so, you know, over time you'll start to figure out different things and you'll, you'll, you know, change it up and, and kind of morph. Yeah. I think that, I mean, the, the most important part of this is to actually create it though, to create this list and to write this down, yes. this stuff down, because like you were saying, it's like to ask people and to, to mm -hmm. contact your friends and your family and your inner circle. That sounds like a, and it seems like a no brainer, like, well, duh. Mm -hmm. But when you <laughs> yeah. don't write it down, when it's not a part of your plan, um, it's like these things don't happen. Like they won't they, happen. I and mean, we need to take action on it. Um, really? Yep. hundred yeah, percent. It's totally, yeah, it's, I mean, it feels overwhelming, but it, it's the whole idea of marketing can be broken down into kind of baby steps and the, the, the whole idea of creating that plan and kind of sticking it to your forehead or, you know, saying, I'm going to spend an hour each morning doing this. Uh, it allows you to break it up into little parts and, and that makes it, it makes you feel much more empowered and, and much more manageable. Yep. Okay. So social media wasn't in there and you mm -hmm. mentioned earlier that like social media comes later. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a whole part of, of your book called the myth of social media. Can, can we unpack that myth and sure. why social media is not part of the initial uh, mm -hmm. push? Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, you know, unless you're doing, uh, unless you're doing, um, Facebook advertising or any advertising on social media, you know, that's really the way to get a lot of fans and followers these days. Organic growth isn't really, there for most people, you know, if someone may go viral, but that's a really, that's not something to plan on. And so, you know, the social media is a way to connect with people that you have already. It's for when you do walk into that business and, and talk to that business owner, then they say, Hey, I like that guy. Let me then follow him on, on Facebook and, and that, that, or join the mailing list. And that's a way to keep up with people. People think of, and they see like different artists with like large Facebook followings and things like that. And they, they, that, that's what they think. They think I need that. Um, but it's, I mean, I'll tell you for Facebook, like, or for any, you know, it's there, there are some people that just have their businesses based around that, but the return is, is very small. Um, you know, I, my mailing list is my most important kind of aspect of keeping in touch with people, um, that I, I would say for anyone to create a mailing list and get people's emails and, and connect with them that way. Um, but it just, 
it's not, I mean, it's a way for people to remember you, but it's not the way that people are going to find you at first. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I think that's kind of the, the main way to think about it. It's, social media is incredibly important. I mean, it's, we're, we're in a social media society these days. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I just, I, I don't think it's kind of, I, I just think it's one little aspect of, of a whole cog. Yep. Absolutely. We're not going to take too, I mean, there's so many directions we could talk about, uh, mm-hmm. with social content. We'll, we'll probably save that for another day. For sure. Um, uh, there's a couple other questions that I have uh, that I think will be kind of fun to talk about. Th- there's one that um, this is completely out of left field. We're going to go a, a very different direction here, James. <laughs> when to lower your costs? When to lower <clears throat> your fees? Uh, yep. Because I think that the the perception is once you've established your your rates that you can't mm-hmm. lower them because what if you know someone comes back uh For sure. you know to to bring you back on again or does it cheapen your brand and mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of thoughts about it so i want to hear from you what when do you when do you lower your fees you have a chapter on this and i'm curious yeah you can say things as kind of a broader thing like obviously you want to keep your fees standard as much as possible um but there are going to be jobs depending on what exactly you're doing, but there are going to be jobs that you just really want to do that are really good for promoting yourself. Um, and so, you know, some, I I do think about, uh, jobs that I do in terms of, you know, what, what will the final product be for helping me get more jobs? Mm -hmm. Um, and and sometimes lowering your price is necessary to get that piece of work. It's like one project that I I do with a local blog. I, I, the interview and portrait, I, I, that East village interview and portrait series that I've been doing for the last five years. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a lot of work each week and I do it for free and I put it on, uh, the local East village blog, which has a huge readership. Um, and that has brought me so much business. Uh, it's, it's amazing. And it's, you know, I'm now applying for other documentary projects and I'm applying for grants for these projects and I'm using this project to get those. Yeah. So, you know, there, you're going to get those emails where people will, are going to try to lowball you and you want to, that you don't want to lower your prices for those situations. Cause those are often the worst clients it's, but, uh, and you also don't want to lower the perceived value for your industry as a whole. And when you're working at first to, uh, you know, if you're starting your business, if you're in that first year, you should be, I mean, you shouldn't be like lowering, you should still be charging what you, your work is worth, of course, like you should pick a number and stick to that. But on the side, when you're not doing jobs, you should be shooting your own personal work. It, it's, you know, if you're an engagement photographer or you want to be an engagement photographer and you haven't shot any engagements, you know, get two of your friends and just make it up. That work is going to be what's going to help you get jobs in the future. So yeah, I think it's, it's important to not always be so always like I have to get my fee all the time, but you know, you really do want to get your fee, uh, as often as possible. Understood. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an ROI, it's return on investment. It's not mm-hmm. always monetary. There's, there's opportunities and there's gains to be had from, I mean, for example, we did a, um, just a little like sizzle video, a little about video for a a local planner here in town, just completely for free. Probably Mm -hmm. we should have charged 5k is what we normally would have done. And, um, it's resulted just like what you're doing with the blog Mm -hmm. and so much business from her. And, uh, yeah, you've got to, yeah, I love it, man, dude. So, okay. Last question. What Mm. makes you different, James? I'm curious. Like, again, coming from a a dense market, New York, like what's your unique selling point? What's your meaningful difference? What separates you? Yeah, and that's a great question. Uh, You know, personally, I think my – the thing that separates me from other people is my passion for the story and history of New York. 
um, it's just something I'm a like certified tour guide. I took all those tests. I, you know, read about the city and all different aspects. I read history books. I read current things. So, you know, when you look at kind of, uh, some of my fine artwork, my fine artwork I do because it sells, of course, you know, that's, that's, that's part of it. I have to do that. But certain of my projects, uh, it really is based in just trying to tell the story of the city and trying to kind of explain what it's like and show, show kind of the nuance of what it's like to be here. Um, and so that's my, my unique selling point is really built into just understanding the city really well and having a passion for it. Love it. Awesome. James, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find, uh, more of you online, more of your Mm -hmm. brands and experience what you have to offer? Yeah, you can uh, just go to my website. It's James Mayer, M-A-H-E-R, photography.com. Um, you'll see all of my books there. The Creative Freelance Marketing book is there. Um, and you can check out my portfolio and you know anything that I offer. Awesome. James, thank you so much, man. James has a ton of value to provide, and I'm so glad he was able to, to join us for today's show. You guys, thank you again for listening. Thank you uh, for everyone who just shows up, uh, who gets a chance to uh, to download the episodes, uh, to leave your comments, um, to contribute to this community. I'm, I'm so grateful for you guys. I'm really looking forward to next week. Next week, we have Gavin Wade come on the show. We're going to be talking a lot about digital media, digital content, online galleries, hosting, delivery of files, and how that fits uh, in the equation uh, with the studio who that values print such as our style and story creative. And so we're looking forward to that one. Well, guys, we'll see you on episode 40 of the SFP podcast. Thanks for listening.